You are on trend with the Alumni Trending Podcast. My name is Paul Clifford, and throughout my career in higher education, my mission has been to connect alumni to what they love most about their alma mater and to activate them in ways that support the aspirations of the institutions I have served. As advancement professionals, we are leading a movement, a mobilization of alumni in support of education for a lifetime. On this podcast, you will hear the voices leading our profession, advancing our institutions, and keeping higher education strong around the world. You are going to learn and be inspired by the passion and purpose driving these advancement professionals right here on Alumni Trending. What's up, trendsetters? Welcome to the Alumni Trending Podcast. We have a great show lined up for you today. We are actually bringing back one of our guests, one of your favorites, Mike Worley. He's the Vice President for Advancement at Lander University. Mike, how are you today? I'm doing great, Paul. First of all, happy holidays. Uh, I hope you and your family have a, a wonderful holiday and a great new year and a great new year for Penn State. You are a, a fountain of wisdom, and we want that to overflow on the podcast today. And so first, let me just ask, you know, we talked about six months ago. Yes. How have things gone at Lander University during COVID-19 and, and all the challenges that we've had? How have the past six months been for you at Lander? Uh, we have been, you know, like a lot of different universities and foundations, extremely busy. You know, certainly on, on March 17th, if you told me that I was going to be busier than I've ever been before, I would have not guessed that. Like many institutions, we quickly shifted gears uh, to a virtual environment and virtual events, and uh, some with success and, and some with not, <laughs> you know, but uh, probably like everyone else, just uh, throwing a, b- a bunch of darts on the wall to see which one stuck. And then, and then moving out of that into a more a more targeted approach with what was with what was working. I, I want to dive into the early part of your question there when you talk about being busier than than you ever have. I mean, I know the pace that you work at. We've worked together. I mean, we're we're good friends, sure. and I know that you you rarely slow down. But I hear a lot of people talking about the that they've had more work, or they feel like they are working harder during COVID-19 than they've ever worked. So what's what's the nature of that? Is it because you're you're working from home at times and there are other distractions around and so your work for for Lander kind of gets spread out over the day and and maybe even into, you know, after midnight type work or you know, how is that manifested for you? On on several fronts, I think the nature of the virtual world is uh, longer in terms of the amount of um, you know Zoom calls that we're all doing, whether it's whether it's internal or external, and um, you know just the preparation for which you know it does sound a little bit odd to say this out loud, but you know the preparation for a virtual event can be more taxing and more cumbersome than than an in person event, and you know in the in the onset, you know that was something we didn't know how to do very well. And so uh, I would, you know, we can do an in-person event very well. We know what to expect. We know what outcomes we're trying to achieve. And, and, and that's funny to say that I didn't know what outcomes exactly we were trying to achieve in the beginning, except engagement. So, um, you know, and 
and just, you know, really, you know, the thought process was, was very different in the beginning. Now, fast forward to today, you know, I hate to say it, <laughs> I'll only say it one time, but you know, it, it, you know, right now it's the new normal. And so we're, you know, we're functioning in a way that, you know, was very new to us on March 17th that today is the way of life, if you will. How have your donors responded during COVID-19? Have they been open to the giving conversations? I, I mean, I know you, sp- as the vice president, right, you're you're the chief fundraiser there for the university as well. So while events are a big part of the work that your team does, at the end of the day, you're, you're measured um, and, and a lot of your metrics are driving towards a goal that you've set. So how have the fundraising conversations gone? We've been very lucky and our donor base, big, small, and medium has, has responded in a, in a wonderful way. You know, we were very close to setting a record last year in fundraising. And I think, and, you know, knock on wood, if we keep at the pace that we're at this year, we will break a previous record. And we've been very targeted with our appeals. We've been more specific and strategic with our major gift donors, you know, in terms of where we're shifting to people that might be affected from the environment to more stewardship to the folks that are have a, a positive result from the environment, you know, to a more strategic ask. And that's been very beneficial to us. And we have, you know, again, they've, they've responded very well. Um, and, and I would say overall, anecdotally, that I have not, you know, sat down with too many people that said, you know, let's wait. Most of it's been the other conversation. And even before I can say anything, what can we do to help? So, Mike, your university is based in South Carolina. South Carolina has been one of the states through COVID-19, which has um, which has hesitated to put restrictions on on the population, like some like Pennsylvania, for example, we have gone into a couple different lockdowns. And so and, and so while while some institutions have paused on face-to-face events or have plans maybe not to do some face-to-face events. Uh, you all have you all have tried some of that and, and are actually looking to restart with face-to-face sooner than later. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so we're, we were very blessed. In the state of South Carolina, we were up 8% in students this year. So we were up more than all the other state universities in the state of South Carolina. And we set a record student uh, population this year. So it was around June 1st, we started a phase in of, of coming back to work. You can't see it, but our office is actually set up ideally for a COVID type environment. The way that uh, it's a, um, at that time, it was a former bank building. And each office was kind of around the perimeter. So nobody's office door was within, with the exception of one uh, set, was within 10 feet of each other. So uh, we were really lucky to be able to come back to work fairly quickly in, in, in South Carolina. And, um, you know, obviously we had safety protocols in place. Uh, and and um, we haven't, so as things are starting to roll out and the vaccine obviously, hopefully we'll be hitting. We have, um, we've planned two virtual events in January and possibly three, but two, two for now. And then our homecoming event, um, we've worked with the, um, getting exemptions from the Department of Health and um, 
it was interesting because we don't have football. So we, you know, we plan our homecoming typically around a basketball game and our basketball arena is on campus and our, the rest of our athletic facilities are about a half a mile down the road in a kind of an athletic campus. So we are doing our homecoming there, which is beneficial with the amount of space that's available to us there. Peach Belt Conference is still deciding on, you know, the schedules. So they're still a little bit in limbo, but we will have some athletic contests to flavor that homecoming day. But we've, you know, we've shifted gears more towards music and food trucks and things of that nature to spread the complex out to keep people socially distanced and obviously have mask requirements in place at that time late in February. So, and, and hopefully the vaccine will be, you know, working its way through the population uh, simultaneously by the time that we, we have homecoming. And, and look, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're ready to uh, flip the switch if we have to go back to virtual. You know, flipping the switch uh, is, is a good, is a good analogy because uh, when you have to shut things down, it's, it is a flipping of the switch when you're trying to bring things back. It's more of the turning of a dial, right. And, and trying to um, increase and kind of get back to normal incrementally. You know, you sit in the seat where you're the vice president of advancement at Lander university and you're the head of the foundation there as well. How have you been thinking about turning that dial back once, uh, once we come back in the spring what is your plan for getting back to face-to-face events? How are you thinking about that as the leader of your advancement operation? Well, we, we have a number of events that we've been thinking about for a while when we're, you know, as we're going through staff meetings and somebody has an idea. So we've been, we've been um, cataloging those. And so we haven't specifically said, hey, we're going to do this and this. And so in May, for example, we're trying to get, we're in, actually, we're trying to get through the first of the year and get our homecoming uh, planning finished. And then we're going to set forth on those other events. And again, you know, similarly, especially with, if we do something in, in March or April, we would set those events up so that they would be in person with safety guidelines, probably even still at that time in place. And then, you know, the possibility that it could go virtual, that we would be able to quickly um, uh, switch gears and make it virtual if we had to for some other (laughs) unforeseen circumstances between now and, you know, March, April, May. What lessons, Mike, did you learn during the first eight months of the pandemic from an alumni engagement perspective that you plan on taking forward? What worked for you and and what will be a permanent part of your program moving forward? You know, that's a great question. It's been a interesting experience in terms of the engagement, the overall engagement of our alumni population and our friends and our donors and keeping them engaged. I think we're all familiar with uh, Zoom fatigue. So I think definitely one of the things that, that you know, we are going to take forward and we're a little different because we're, you know, in terms of um, our fundraising here and our scalability, we're, we've been working on some different things and getting ready to ramp up for a campaign that we've delayed a little bit with the pand- onset of the pandemic. and um, But certainly one of the things that we'll take forward is the ability to do virtual events um, as a complement to in-person events. And, you know, I, I don't know about what you, but I, I would have, if you, you know, six years ago, if you would have told me we were going to do all these virtual events, I would not thought that that would have been uh, terribly successful. But I, I think, you know, um, very specific 
very what I would what I would call very interesting, which I think is what your one of your former bosses used to say often. Uh, something that's very interesting that gets a, a good cross section of alumni to keep them engaged, and you know possibly donors. Obviously, um, that is something that we will we will definitely take forward as a lesson from this pandemic. And then from a fundraising perspective, you know, and I, and I knew early on from two thousand one, and even back in the the nineties, and some of the financial downturns then that uh, we needed to keep moving forward. And so, and I think that was a good lesson for the staff in terms of, you know, there definitely was some hesitation and pause, but, you know, there are people that want to help and we need to identify who those people are and work with them. You know, you just mentioned a a good lesson for the staff with the increase in uh, how we utilize technology moving and kind of retaining a virtual element to many of our in-person events that we have now moving forward. Uh, You and I talk about this all the time uh, in terms of recruiting and retaining staff, but do you think that the skill set that you'll be recruiting has changed because of COVID-19? Absolutely. And, um, you know, and, and you mentioned staff and I didn't think about this, but, you know, just in terms, I was thinking more about our alumni populations and donors, but, uh, from this, exercise, you know, we're probably going to have two people work from home now uh, remotely. And um, that was not something that we would have probably done before. And I know some of my uh, former institutions that I've worked at and then hearing from other colleagues is something that they'll definitely be looking uh, at more. And before you, you know, I think another piece of that is board meetings. If, if somebody couldn't be at a board meeting in the past, you know, at any of the institutions I worked at, they would call in. So now, you know, you know, unless they're on the road or something, you know, most likely if a board member can't attend, they're going to zoom in. You know, that is something that I think moving forward that the board meetings are going to that paradigm is going to change significantly as well as, you know, who is working in the office, who's not. And then just in terms of meetings, um, I, you know, I, I think <laughs> you asked the question about recruiting and staff and, and skill sets. <laughs> These are probably skill sets that right. older folks have probably <laughs> probably had to learn more to adopt to than uh, by the people that uh, the the more younger uh, fundraisers that we're recruiting. Cut. You bring up a lot of great points. I think the conversation and the thinking about how we spend how we spend money and what we spend money on is going to be different as well. You know, again, you and I have talked over the years about about how we question whether can be whether people could be efficient working from home, uh, and while that might be the case for some people, uh, we're actually learning that some people might even be more efficient working from home. And so, when we think about do we rent space off campus for offices, and do we take you know kind of rentals in in other buildings that aren't university buildings? That might that might not be a conversation that we have any longer because the the conversation might be well let's just have them work from home, and we save that rental expense. Well, I was talking to a friend of ours um, last week, and um, you know, and and you know, he was sharing for sure that his staff, uh, more of his staff, would be working remotely, and um, you know, again, something that that he wouldn't have thought of a couple of years ago. And then um, and in addition to remotely in the places where the, you know, large alumni association in the places where they're needed. And I, and I've always been in favor of that. I think that that has a lot to, uh, it can be a huge asset to a, to an institution. 
Um, to that end, I also think it's a case by case scenario. And if that person's a good fit, you know, and that, you know, for me personally, you know, I'm an office person. I like to be in the office. I like to leave in the morning for the office. And that's just, you know, I don't mind working at home, but I, I prefer, you know, I certainly prefer and probably excel in an office environment. But, you know, some people certainly excel better. One of my, you know, one of my folks that's an expert in Razor's Edge, you know, certainly she would prefer or she would excel working at home. You know, when we talked last time, uh, and, and I'm actually asking you to put your consulting hat on now from, from your days working in the consulting world. When we talked last time, we talked about some institutions possibly thinking about putting campaigns on pause or, or moving forward with campaigns. How do you think people will approach that conversation in, in 2021? You know, I, I think different than some of the other, um, and uh, you know, this is a pandemic versus financial downturns. You know, the, a lot of the, the, you know, economics of this have been very different than in our past events. I don't know about your portfolio, but my portfolio is not down. So I think it's a whole different conversation than it was in 2010 or 2002 or three. So I think, you know, and again, it's completely anecdotal, but I would guess that most of my colleagues in the world are just moving forward. Uh, and I know that, that, that that's what we're doing. And one of the things that we did try to do with, you know, and knowing that we were going to be in a quiet phase in short order in the pandemic was engagement, engagement, engagement. And so, you know, so that, you know, when we're ready to roll off, it's not, you know, it, you know, people are expecting it as well as it's, um, it's you know, not the first time that they heard from us in a while. So, Mike, as you know, on the Alumni Trending Podcast, we have a tradition of giving our guests the final word on where we're trending. And so where do you think we're headed as a profession in higher education advancement? May you live in interesting times, right? And I am very excited about the, the potential of the vaccine and getting to our population and, and working through the population and, and getting back to, to normal. Um, and I don't know that, you know, everything will always be normal. Like, for example, I don't think you're ever going to be able to walk into a hospital again without a mask on, and, and that's fine. Um, but I am excited, you know, and, um, with our institution in particular, because we're, we're, we're young and we're growing and that, you know, and, and this is going to be a, a great comprehensive campaign for us. So, you know, as we gear up for that, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm hoping we're able to staff up a little bit. Um, you know, the economy at, at the state level, which we're a state institution, is a little bit tricky right now. I think that's probably our biggest variable, our biggest unknown variable. Um, so, I, you know, but I'm, I'm excited and I hope my, you know, I hope my other colleagues uh, around, the, around the nation are, are, you know, in good shape and able to come out of this. Mike, thanks for joining me on the Alumni Trending Podcast. Thank you, Paul, and thank you for all that you do and give back to our industry. I'm John Fudo, Vice Chancellor for University Advancement at UMass Lowell, and I'm staying on trend by listening to the Alumni Trending Podcast. There you go, Trendsetters, another episode of Alumni Trending. If you are enjoying the Alumni Trending Podcast, make sure you go out to iTunes or your podcast app of choice and give us a rating and drop us a review. We'd also love to hear from you. Drop me an email at paul.clifford at alumnitrending.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in and keep trending. <laughs>